This is the Servers Radio Network. Welcome to this edition of A Server's Journey with Rocky DeStefano. The premise of the show is that everyone is leading something or someone. Whether you're a parent leading your family, a coach leading a team, a team member leading a few, or a CEO leading an organization. We are all on this path of being a leader, thus the title, A Server's Journey. Rocky DeStefano has served since his early days of working behind a counter at Chick-fil-A to having a very successful restaurant of his own. Being a server himself, he loves to talk about leading yourself, a few, many, and leading an organization. Wow, that sounds very impressive. Larry, thank you so much. And I just want to say that we are here in the Servers Radio Network studio. I'm drinking my coffee, and I have uh, the super dog Misty lying here at my feet. I can't think of a better uh, place to be. Uh, but I'm going to pause this, Larry, because before we get started, I, I want you to say a little bit about the man behind the buttons and the control board. Larry, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, ever since I was in high school, I wanted to be a broadcaster. And uh, so all my journey has led that way. I went to work at Caterpillar Tractor Company. And well, of course, every you know aspiring radio producer has to work at, in a factory. Yeah, absolutely. Right. You got to work in a factory. And so uh, just th- through life, I've always found a way to get back into the broadcasting business. And uh, I've learned everything I know all by the seat of my pants. So. <laughs> That's the best teacher. And uh, Yes, yes. We sure appreciate you, Larry. I don't think I could do this without you. And uh, our journey has been going on, wow, 15, 16 years now. Yeah. So, so yeah. And the first day we met, uh, we just talked. That's right. That was great. Yeah. I, I can remember exactly where we were that See? day. There you go. It's memorable. It's, uh, <laughs> well, well to, today I know you want to talk about employees and employee needs. Yeah, I, I would. But first, before we get started on that, I, I wanted to share one of those epic moments in leadership. So today we're going to talk a little bit about what happens when a tweet goes, oh, what, what can we say? A tweet goes out of bounds, maybe? <laughs> Is it a twit? Is it a tweet? What do I'm not... What, you know, you know I was tweet on, goes wrong. I was totally on the wrong page, so I'm with you now. Okay, yes, <laughs> tweets. The amazing thing about a tweet or an email or whatever, it's when it goes, it goes, and you can't get it back. That's right. Once it's out there, it's out there forever, so you have to be kind of cautious. So, unfortunately, this moment is not going to be a good one, and we're going to talk about a marketing manager at American Apparel. And well, he, he, he wanted to create business that, for himself. That's right. You know, that's right. That's, he wanted to create business, and he wanted to kind of be tongue-in-cheek, be a little bit humorous. However... Except what was happening at the time. Yeah, so <laughs> there was a you know, small storm. Uh, maybe you've heard of it, Hurricane Sandy, uh-huh. which was pummeling uh, the coast, the East Coast. And he maybe should have thought through this because he tweeted right before the, the worst of the storm, in case you're bored during the storm... 20% off everything for the next 36 hours. <laughs> okay, so the one reason why that, that tweet wasn't maybe the smartest was that Hurricane Sandy claimed 110 lives. Oh, my, yeah. And it switched off much of the East Coast. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Twitter, as you can imagine, there was a pretty big response. I think he did get a response, which is what you normally want with Twitter, but... 
it wasn't the right response. Yeah, there was a storm that erupted for sure, but the storm was lambasting the retailer as insensitive. I don't know, but I'm assuming that this marketing manager may not be still with American yeah. Apparel. Now, so. you've you've gone through hurricanes, right? Oh, absolutely. Here we are in Florida, and you've had, you've had to close, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hurricane, he, uh, he may have been somebody who lived in the Midwest and never went through a hurricane. But right. Um, yeah, they're they're not they're not always very fun. So it's a definitely an insensitive tweet. Now, so. when was the first time you went through a hurricane? Were you in South Florida or in, or in Central Florida? I was in South, and it was uh, Hurricane David. Oh wow! But the worst one I went through was Hurricane Andrew in the early nineties. Oh, which, the one that sets all records, yeah, right? Yeah, decimated the Fort Lauderdale, Miami area, and it's created a uh, housing. Uh, codes like yeah. crazy yep yep at least it was one good thing that happened yeah i mean yeah you're right about that our, our homes are much more secure now for now, sure now when you when you are in the in the business and you have to close for a couple of days what happens to all that food we pray and hope we don't lose power ah <laughs> uh you know any at any one point we could have thousands um in our store and so we do our best to uh get prepared for the storm but there are some things you really can't prepare for mm, yeah wow okay well i know today i'm sorry if i no you're fine went over went this overboard on good producing about <laughs> good producing <laughs> well you, you want to talk about employees and employee needs yeah sure do and you know this is of course a hot topic for us we we do talk a lot about this but it's because i think that as leaders we're slow learners to it so I had this statement that I love, and I'm going to say it really quickly here. It's, we are all searching for three things, everything in life, every decision we make, and every goal we have breaks down into our need to fill three areas of our soul. Mm -hmm. Those areas are intimacy, destiny, and meaning. Mm, okay. So we're going to talk a little bit. And this is the employee. I think it's everybody. Everybody, yeah. yeah everybody, including the leader. Um, but, you know, we talked several shows ago about um, Abraham Maslow and his hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to kind of really focus in on those again today because um, I think that he didn't he didn't have a a meaning around work for those, but I think that you can apply it pretty well to the workplace. So. Yeah. So he talked, of course, he had this hierarchy, and it was a pyramid, and it was a pyramid of needs, and he theorized that all human beings must fulfill these needs to be happy. Right. And he basically wrote that people couldn't get to the next level of need until they first met the lower levels of needs. That, mm -hmm. that makes sense, right? Right. And he also theorized that if, if you get stuck at any one of these levels— and you don't feel like you're moving forward, that that can be where maybe depression or stress or pain might begin to manifest in your life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I don't know, Larry, if you've heard about the stats on the number of people in the U.S. that claim to be depressed. Well, I know there are quite a few. What, where did you find these? What? Yeah, so, you know, of course, the internet, the interweb. Okay, but, well, but it gives you a good answer. That's right, it does. And, you know, the last uh, survey that is credible, it claims that, uh, almost 25 million Americans claim to be depressed. Wow. And, you know, we've got a lot of people that are under the age of 10 that are probably not being surveyed. So if you think about just the 
you know, 12 year year old and up um, population, you, you know, you're probably talking somewhere between eight to 12 percent of the population that claims to be depressed. Wow. So so we do know that uh, these now, work environment isn't the major thing here. No, no. This was definitely uh, more of a psychological tool. Mm hmm. But, but I firmly believe that, you know, leaders that and those in the business world, if if we can adapt these principles to our to our workplaces, I, I think that there's a competitive advantage here. Um, if you can help your team members meet important needs at work, you're no no doubt you're going to create a highly motivated and happy team, which is, of course, one that's more likely to be productive. And if you get this, and if you apply this at home with your kids or your spouse, and don't even get me started about the changes that could happen. So what are some of these basic needs that Maslow talks about? So Larry's reading ahead. His first, his first level was basic needs, and these are the lowest levels. And he shared that there are basic needs um, such as the need for food, the need for rest, uh, and when it comes to the workplace, Larry, this is kind of where we talk about a basic need. A basic need would translate into money. Mm -hmm. So make no mistake, a job has to provide enough, in quotes, to reasonably meet some needs. It, if the job pays employees enough that they can pay their rent and their utilities and buy food and clothing, then the job satisfies the employee's basic needs, you know. Mm -hmm. Now, let's talk about basic needs, Larry. Everybody deserves a mansion, right? No. Okay, so let's, you know, the basic needs, you know, there's some discrepancy on what we might think a basic need is. I don't mean a mansion or, or every new gadget the moment it comes out. You know, there is some responsibility on the team member but simply put, a job does have to meet the basic needs around a place to live, food, and rest. What about this $15 minimum wage thing? Yeah. I, you know, I think it's, um, it sounds great. I mean, it sounds like, okay, it's going to meet everybody's need. Yeah. So I think that there's I, – I, I, okay, so we're going to get political here for a moment. I think in America we are lazy politically. And what I mean by that is – we throw these great words, right? Mm -hmm. In fact, um, a, another great quote, Winston Churchill, um, people love Republican words and Democratic uh, acts, basically. So <laughs> $15 minimum wage sounds fantastic, but does a 16-year-old who's a first-time wage earner and getting a job for basic experience in the workforce need $15? Hmm. I don't think so. And I think if you pay him that, then you better get prepared to pay $8 for gas. I think in America, if we sat there and said, can we pay people that are actually supporting themselves a living wage? Okay, then that might make more sense. Maybe we can do something where over 20 or over 21, you're making 15 but it still leaves room for first-time people in the workforce to be paid less, if that makes sense. So that's a highly volatile issue. But I know if you are angry about what I just said, please send Write your congressman. <laughs> no, please email us on a serversjourney dot com, and we can 
engage in a nice conversation about that. Fantastic. Okay, now, so what else is needed here? Okay, so second level would be around uh, safety and security. And so once your basic needs are met, your next needs are safety and security. Um, And so in the workplace, this would look like, you know, employees must have uh, a, a safe and secure place where they can succeed at the job site. So they they have to feel physically safe. And so in order for that to happen, the leader must take things like sexual harassment or physical threats pretty seriously. And they have to have policies in place to deal with the potential that these could occur. And some people just don't take those seriously. Yeah, I, I hope that in today's society where it's supercharged around safety and guns and all the violence we're seeing and public places that doesn't still happen but um yeah you have to take this pretty seriously if somebody makes a threat or god forbid brings any type of weapon into the workplace it has to be dealt with and stopped very quickly and after that larry um the employee needs to feel that their jobs are secure so if a company does layoffs and even worse if an employee if a company doesn't communicate with employees about potential layoffs or firings of people, the employee may begin to feel frightened about losing their job. And that would mean that they would no longer be able to meet their basic needs, which if you follow me Mm -hmm. would lead to a worried and unmotivated team. Boy, there are just so many times that I've been in those (laughs) situations where you don't know if you're going to have a job the next day or not. Yeah, I've never understood. I I haven't directly had a job. I I guess I've been let go only when it was well-deserved. So, (laughs) yeah, but I couldn't imagine living in that pressure cooker where you didn't know if tomorrow you would have a job. Right, right. You know, come to think about it, I had that same situation happen to me. Really? Yeah, I got dumped when I was a kid. <laughs> so, so you want to share with us, or is this? I just a thought came to my mind. I went, "Oh my goodness, yes, I remember that." It's not a very, yeah. Anyways, so uh, okay, so we have those needs needs met, right? You have your basic needs and your need for safety and security. Mm-hmm. So the next one would be around, and these are words you don't always think about in the workforce, but. Uh, the next needs would be belonging and love. Okay. Yes. So our basic needs are met. Our need for securities and safety has been met. And so now people begin to think deeper and we begin to try and meet our needs around belonging and love. And so as a leader, and this is whether you're, again, leading your family or leading an organization, you've got to create an environment where their team feels comfortable with their coworkers and their supervisors. They don't have to like or get along with everybody, but they do need to feel like they belong and that they are loved by at least some of the people that they work with. Mm-hmm. And that kind of makes sense, right? I, I don't know if you've ever worked at a place where you didn't feel like anybody liked you. Well, no, I, I hate to say it, but everybody loves me. So. <laughs> Well, you know, you do have that charming personality. Yeah, well, you know, it goes so far. Well, if if an employee feels alienated from the company, they're just not going to do their best work. And this is doubly important when it comes to employer-employee relationships. If employees don't feel like their bosses value them or their contributions, they may not do their job as well. Yeah. Now, 
I, I come to there's like two people that come to my mind. I'm thinking about okay uh, that that used to work for you, or okay. maybe one still works for you. Yes. Do, do you know who talk I'm talking? About yeah, I do. I think. Okay. For instance, uh, this one guy, he, he just seemed like he never fit in. Yeah. Okay, what happened? So, you know, there's a balance, and you're definitely walking a tightrope, and I think you're going to kind of draw a comparison between two different people. Um, there are people that just don't fit but could fit, and, you know, you have a culture at your store mm-hmm. or at your workplace, and, you know, it's hard to I mean, it's, we've already talked about culture. It's hard to create, and then it's hard to change once it's it's moving. So if you've got a good culture and it's working for most of the people and you have a person who comes in that just can't fit, sometimes you do have to cut, you know, the kindest thing you can do is to cut your losses. Mm-hmm. But in this situation with this young gentleman, it was more around his tone and the way he talked to people, mm-hmm. but... I felt like, okay, this person can fit into the culture of our organization. So with them, it was more sitting down and really, hey, this is what we value. This is what we place as important. These are the core things that we want from our team. And once that person was able to figure it out, he kind of flipped the switch. And he still is with us, one of our top leaders, and gets along with the majority of the people in our store. That's fantastic. Yeah, feels like he belongs. Now for it's sure. you have that you have that insight to to see that people do can fit in. Uh, sure, let's let let's go with that. We you know sometimes you think they can fit in, and you try to force it, and you try to put that round peg in a square hole, and it just doesn't work. And and I've done that too, so I've been successful. I, I think as an as a leader as a, as a, an employer you want to err on the side of grace and mercy mm-hmm. so you do want to try and you want to communicate hey here's what we need um, but we've also had i think this was a second employee you were talking about this happened to be a young female and no matter what we did she just was not going to fit into the culture of our mm-hmm. organization and she was kind of the outlier cuz most people fit so once I realized that no matter how hard she tried to fit in or no matter how hard we tried to help her fit in, it was never going to be a good fit. So then at that point, the kindest thing I could do was sit down with her and offer her the chance to transfer to another culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, thankfully, that one worked out too, and we're still good friends. I still really respect her as a person and a leader, but it just didn't work in our culture. Mm. It's good that you can identify these issues. Yeah. yeah well, I, I think it's more of being willing to identify them. You know, I think it's the easiest thing to do is just ignore them like, okay, they'll just kind of take care of themselves. But, you know, a team member that doesn't fit and is never going to fit is the biggest cancer in your organization. Yeah. And if you don't get rid of that, then your other people, they get affected. And worse, they begin to look at you as a leader who's ineffective because, Mm. you know, you're letting somebody damage the culture. So Maslow theorized that people begin to uh, look for self-esteem and self-accusation after they get these basic needs met. Is that right? Yep. So we've got basic needs. We've got the needs of safety and security. We've got belonging and love. So then you reach this 
need for self-esteem and self-actualization. And this is the highest level of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Once they fill all these other things, once they have the basic needs, once they feel safe, once they belong and feel loved, and they begin to think about themselves, they begin to look at things like self-esteem, which is how much the employee likes and values himself, and employees who feel that they are productive and doing something worthwhile with their time tend to have higher self-esteem than those that don't, which is great because once you have self-esteem and once you know that you're productive and you're doing something worthwhile, that goes back to the why, you're going to start really producing some great stuff. Um, And then self-actualization, which is the highest level of the needs, is an employee's need to feel like he is living up to his potential in life and is using his creativity and passion. You know, employees sometimes change careers if they find that their current career can't meet that need. However, if an employee is working in the right job for him and all other needs are met, they should be able to feel self-actualized and the job should satisfy their highest needs. Should. Yeah. So I think, Larry, you're going to talk a little bit about something, too. Well, you, um, you, you had me actually work. I was in between, as they say in the trade, and you offered me an opportunity to work. And you put me to work, and I worked behind the counter. And I had a problem. I talk too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we have a saying in the service industry that you want to be friendly but not friends. Yeah, and so Larry was friends with I, everybody. Yeah, I could sit and talk for fifteen twenty minutes, right? Which did not help production. But then you discovered that maybe I had uh, another goal that I could do something else. Yeah, and you put me in charge of the marketing, which just blew me away. I had the best time of my life. I, it was five years. I and best five years I've ever had. So I totally enjoyed that because I was I felt like I was doing something. You gave me the ability to be free and to create and yeah, you know, I think that, and that work was a, within the culture. You know, we're going to give my we're going to give me a lot of credit here and I'm going to accept it because I'm this great leader, but <laughs> uh, I think we know better. I think that really with you I realized that you had creativity and you had a passion and I I really wasn't quite sure exactly where it was but i hoped that marketing would kind of scratch that itch and then we got lucky there was some providence there for sure whoa that was that like i said it was one of the best jobs and then and you got to be friends with everybody and larry became the mayor of our city Uh, in fact many times people would say oh i met the guy you work for and i was like (laughs) yes i work for larry you are I, you know, many times I did. I, I, I worked for Larry, which is okay. No, no, and then I had to say, no, I'm not Rocky. I was okay with letting Larry take the, take the brunt of most of the. <laughs> okay, okay, but uh, now you, I had thought there. I had a thought that I was actually going to say with with this with this uh, line that we're on. It came time for me to leave. That's right. Yeah. You know, and you you accept that. Yeah. That was beautiful. And yeah. I was able to start a little, a little radio station and, and had a ball. The rest is history. The rest is history, and now we're here doing podcasts. Well, so. here, here's what I've noticed, and, you know, I'm going to use an example. We we talk a lot about sports. I think that people are generally getting that my bent is towards football. But, you, you know, we talk about self-actualization and self-esteem. And so let's talk about A.J. McCarron. He's the backup, was the backup quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm-hmm. So I look at it, and I'm like, what a great job. 
I mean, being a quarterback. Yeah, well, being Back a quarterback up. in the NFL, his basic needs are definitely met. He's got a house, he's got food, and he's got rest. He definitely belongs. He definitely feels loved. I mean, in the truest sense, he was part of a team. I mean, he got to wear their colors, and you know, he was a Bengal, and he had this camaraderie with all this team. So we know those were met, and we know that. Uh, you know, the next one is around self-esteem or self-actualization, and that's where the disconnect happened because I'm thinking, okay, you get to hold a clipboard. You, other than going in and mop-up duty, you're never in harm's way. You're making millions. You're living every boy's dream. And yet, he, he exercised. Yeah. He didn't feel self self fulfilled, right? Right. He he exercised his ability to leave the Bengals and join the Buffalo Bills, which some would say are, is probably not as great of a you know a team a at team, the moment. Yeah, at the moment. And now he gets to get chased by three hundred pound men that want to kill him for basically no more money. What? Why? Other than the fact that he felt like his potential, he wasn't living up to his potential. And he he wanted a chance to create and show his passion. And his passion is, I want to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Now, speaking about starting quarterbacks, you have another example of something that kind of like turned around, but someone have found their self-esteem, found where they wanted to be. Yeah, can you tell and, me about Phil Robertson? A, sure, and this is a, a weird one because you know we we talked a lot about the NFL here, um, and everybody knows Phil Robertson, and they either love him or they hate him. He's he's a very polarizing figure, and uh, we're not going to talk about whether we love him or hate him. He he's a successful media personality now. He's on or was on a show called Duck Dynasty, which for uh, several seasons was the highest rated. Cable, cable show, show yeah. ever, right? So, so, how, where did he come from? I mean, yeah. I thought he was always just a backwards boy, right? Just a good old, good yeah. old redneck yeah. hunter, right? So, yeah. so he always was. But he, here's the unknown, or it's known to some people, but unknown to a lot of people, is that he actually was a ath- athlete of real renown in Louisiana. In fact, um, he got a full ride scholarship in football to Louisiana Tech University. He was a quarterback, right? He was a quarterback, yep. And by most accounts, he was good enough to play in the pros. In fact, he was all-state in football in high school. He went to L, uh, Louisiana Tech on scholarship, and he was the first-string first string quarterback in 1966 and 67. So, that, okay, that we we understand, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> guy named Terry Bradshaw. Yeah, he's just mediocre quarterback named <laughs> Terry Bradshaw who was not good enough to beat out Phil Robertson at Louisiana Tech University. In fact, Terry Bradshaw didn't even uh, play quarterback until 1968. When Phil stepped down. Yeah, when Phil basically said, uh, yeah, I don't want to play football anymore. And um, so... You know, Terry Bradshaw went on to become uh, the first quarterback chosen, first overall pick in 1970. 
and went on to the Steelers and won four Super Bowls. And none of that could have happened if Phil Robert uh, Robertson just kept playing. And in fact, here's what uh, uh, there's a quote from Terry Bradshaw about Phil, and he said Phil Robertson loved hunting more than he loved football. He'd come to practice directly from the woods, squirrel tails hanging out of his pocket, duck feathers on his clothes. Clearly, he was a fine shot, so no one complained much. <laughs> so it's a you know interesting because again, um, most people would have just went with that career of football, but he realized that probably wasn't going to meet his needs of creativity and passion. He wasn't going to be as productive as he could, so he he took invent- a different route. He invented a duck call. And prior to the show was a millionaire already because of this duck call that he used what he was a passion of his yeah. to create. Wow. So anyways, he's got a media and merchandising empire, and it's a family of rednecks known, <laughs> you know, down in Louisiana. So Duck Dynasty. Well, That's thank right. you guys for that great example for us. Uh, do you have a favorite quote that you like to share? Yeah. And uh, so, okay, so this is one of my all-time favorite um, it's by a gentleman named Samuel Taylor Col- Coleridge, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he said that common sense in an uncommon degree is what the world calls wisdom. Would you so, repeat that for me? Because I have a hard time. Sure. Common sense in an uncommon degree is what the world calls wisdom. Hmm. Which I love that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you for sharing that. Because, uh, you know, it's great when you have a guest on, you have them share a, a quote, right. too. And and it's, it's good to hear these things. Well, we're going to get you to share a quote, a quote at some point here. Later My too. quote is, I, I like working for Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's my quote. Okay, we're going we're gonna to get a better one for you. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I want to thank everyone for being with us today here on A Server's Journey. You know, remember you can subscribe and you'll hear all of what Rocky wants to share with you. You can go back and listen to some of the other episodes as well. Oh, if you subscribe, you'll be getting The Server's Journey Moment, which is a quick pick-me-up to help start your day. If you like what you hear, tell a friend. Let us know on Facebook, on Instagram. Share it. We'd love you have it. Also, from time to time, Rocky has some great personal stories that he likes to share, and you can get them on the website, A Server's Journey. So, Rocky, until next time, I'm your ever-faithful companion, Larry. See, I'm supposed to have another uh, Tonto and Long Ranger, but I can't, a Lone Ranger, but I can't think of one now. Uh, I always think of Tonto and Lone Ranger. Yeah, that's the one I think of, too. I I, I think we've already used Batman and Robin. Yeah. So we're going to just go ahead and say here that, you know, understand we are all on a journey, and it's it's how you serve in that role um, that's really important, and that's why we're sharing this information. We're sharing a server's journey. And I'm Rocky DeStefano, and remember, it's been my pleasure to serve you.